Welcome to Another Day Above Ground, a show for, by, and about baby boomers. It's the podcast for people who have no idea how to download a podcast. And now, here's your host, Dale Irvin. Hey, welcome back, my baby boomer friends, to Another Day Above Ground. It's the podcast made just for you. We're not going to talk about rap. We're not going to talk about hip-hop. We're going to talk about oldies we're not going to talk about you know uh what's all, all the, the the goofy things that kids are on now the uh uh called tiktok isn't it something else yeah we don't we don't talk about that we're going to talk about something we all are familiar with that's all american and it's right around the corner hopefully we're going to talk today about baseball but before we do that let me introduce you to my partners on this podcast first from the home of the uh the denver what's the name of their baseball the thing? rockies oh the rockies yeah the denver rockies because that's their that's their uh they're, they're rather rocky and please anyhow it's carolyn strauss so um um, do I get to be a Red Sox fan, even though I live in Colorado? Do you think that they're going to, like, vote me out of the state if I say I'm still a Boston Red Sox fan? I think nobody really cares. All right, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> about you, me or about baseball? Uh, Damn, you can be, be specific. You kind of fan you want to be in your own home, you know? And from Indiana, home from the shirt he's wearing, home of the Chicago Cubs, please welcome the Aristotle of comedy, Tim Slagle. Hey, this morning it looks like we're going to have six more weeks of mask mandates as Governor Prickster woke up and could not see his wiener. (laughs) That tub of goo hasn't seen his wiener in years. Is that so the mask puts him on a diet? I don't understand the joke. Hey, 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 I only had two minutes to come up with one. That was pretty good, I thought. (laughs) So what we're going to do today, because it's around the corner, if if they're allowed to play, because they're still in negotiations with somebody or another, but we wanted to get us a baseball expert who actually knows more about baseball than the other three of us combined. So we found our friend of the show, Mr. Ken Severa, who, as long as I have known him, he has been uh, probably the number one White Sox fan, but knows baseball left and right. Please welcome to the show, welcome back to the show, Ken Severa. I love being on the show, I love being with you guys, and I think, as I was saying off camera that uh, I think it's a better chance that the Russians will invade Ukraine than it is that the baseball season will get off to its uh, timely start this year. <laughs> so for, for anybody who's listening who doesn't follow baseball, um, just me, um, wh- why aren't they going to play? What ha- What's happening? I they have a mi- this. There are labor negotiations going on, and the labor negotiations, from what I understand at the present time, are very far apart. They have things like uh, luxury tax thresholds that they're dealing with, and it all, it all amounts to uh, players wanting more money from the owners, and there is a lot more money from what I understand. I tend to side with the players this time around in these labor negotiations because what they're asking for is i think uh just a very fair amount of the increased uh, amount of revenue that major league baseball takes in so they're just asking for a little more and uh, the owners have locked them out how much money does the least paid professional baseball player make a year a lot 
<laughs> I mean, I I don't know what the actual average number well, is. Could you ballpark it? Uh, there, it it's <laughs> very good. Very. If you pay him enough, apparently. <laughs> but you know, from what I understand, the the uh, the the sides are far apart, and there there are uh, negotiations going on uh, all over the place. They're pretty intense. Um, hopefully, this thing will. Even if it's delayed, it's okay. If they got into spring training on the 26th, that would not disrupt the season too much. But my feeling is, is that coming out of a pandemic, you're coming out of COVID, and the, the country has suffered the last couple of years, and people have isolated themselves. And baseball is the one pleasure that, that America seems to love in the summer months when the weather's warm and the grass is green. And to deny us that one at of this two. point in time, pardon me? One of two. Yes, yes. It, to deny us this pleasure uh, <laughs> at, at this point in time is is really difficult for the American public to take. And I, I hope that they take that into consideration. Otherwise, I think the fans should just go ahead and form a union. We should be a part <laughs> of the labor negotiation. That's I what I actually... Should be. I think there should be a salary cap of, yes. say, $500,000. You're playing a game. I'd play any game you got out there for a half a million a year, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'd play Candyland. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I met a baseball player. I met a baseball player, and uh, I was out in Seattle, and they had a um, – the, 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 the club was underneath a bar where all the players hung out after the game. And, mm -hmm. uh, and some guy caught my show, came up, said he really liked my show, and uh, he goes, I'm, I can't remember his name. He gave me his name. I go, oh, okay. He goes, and then he just looks at me. There's no, there's no recognition in my eyes that, you yeah. know, that of who he is. He goes, I, uh, and he says his name again. And I just shrug my shoulders. <laughs> and he goes, I, I play ball. I go, oh, oh, that's not, nice. he goes, you've never heard of me? I go, mm, fans union never gave me the back to work order. <laughs> <laughs> that actually happened to me with Craig Biggio. He was at a show of mine in in Chicago, and Craig Biggio, as everyone knows, was the Hall of Fame uh, catcher and then second baseman of the Houston Astros. Sure, and everyone knows that, Ken. Well, <laughs> I, 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 everyone should know that, damn it, and, and from my perspective. But anyway, he came up to me after his show, and he said, and same thing, Tim. He he was looking at me straight on. And he said. I really loved your show, and if you knew what I did for a living, you'd know why I appreciated it so much. And all the time, in back of my mind, subliminally, I'm going, I know this face, and it's driving me absolutely nuts. And finally, he extends his hand, goes, Craig Biggio, the Houston Astros. And we became actual friends, and, uh, you know, uh, great, wonderful guy, finally made the Hall of Fame, very deserving. But, yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Same thing happened to me. So you never answered Carolyn's question. What's what's the lowest paid, roughly? Just give it. You know what? Just I would figures. Probably just say the lowest paid guy is making over a million dollars a year. Really? Yeah. No. Oh yeah. Oh wow. yeah. The lowest. Wow. The lowest paid. Wow. You know. And then the, the highest, the highest minor league player. How much is he making? Uh, well, th probably not much. Roughly. You know, because, <laughs> again, ballpark it, Ken. Well, probably, you know, I mean, I, I don't 
no, but I do know that uh, when Michael Jordan, uh, a member of the White Sox uh, farm team, the Birmingham Barons, um, was exposed to the conditions of a minor league uh, ballpark traveling by bus and eating, you know, cafeteria food, basically, he went and bought them a bus. (laughs) Which I thought, you know, what a classic... Nice guy. I mean, I don't care what you've heard about Jordan. If you're on the Birmingham Barons, he bought you a luxury bus to travel around on. That he never that he never rode on. But he didn't spring for a private plane. You well, think it's Michael Jordan? Buy them a darn plane. Oh no, he yeah, had the pla- he had the plane, Carolyn. That's the thing. He would take yeah. the plane from game to game. <laughs> so he kind of felt guilty pulling up in a limo after taking his private plane and seeing these guys get off a, get off a re uh, repurposed school bus. But from what I understand, he rode the bus with him, and and nope. he, you nope. know, this is a nope. this is. What do you mean? No, no. That's I, the, 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 there was just a book that just came out. Oh, the, was the, there? Yeah. Then maybe no, he did I not. I mean, you may very well be right on that. He but. didn't. Yeah, he didn't even. He didn't even fly on the plane with the Bulls. Well, well let's put it this way: he upped the ante for the sure. minor league players, you sure. know, and and so which I think was, you know, it, it, Jordan was a pretty good guy. So Ken, what happened to the All American Girls Baseball League? Wow, that's a good one. I have no clue. NBA people didn't watch it. You know, it it's it it's what sells. I mean, it, what happened to the American Football League? You know, what happened to the USFL? What happened to all of those leagues? What happened to the it, White Sox? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh no, they're still playing. <laughs> Don't hurt me now. I'm bleeding. I'm bleeding. Hold on. Let me but, just uh, jump in here to uh, to verify Ken's uh, response to the uh, to the the uh, income of baseball players. The average average income of a professional baseball player is four point one seven million. There you go. The median income is one point one million. So yep. they're not really hurting for anything. No, I can no, see they're why they're upset and they want more money. I can I can see it. I mean, you know, if you're making four point two million. And you want to make 4.5 million? You know that's a couple of cars for your kids. But but you know what happens? Their 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 business supports that income. You know the comedy business. <laughs> if you're looking nothing. at <laughs> supports nothing. And of course, it's, the it, pot it, dealers it, of America, right? Right. And and it's a small industry with small economies. This is a very large industry. At, with very large economies so that they can support that kind of system. And trust me, if you were in it, you just want to make sure that you're getting an equitable amount of money. And the way you do that is you hire a very high-priced baseball agent and they compare numbers. And so if you deliver a 300 average, which is going to send you to the Hall of Fame, you should be paid more than a guy hitting 167 who's a utility player. And that's that's the way they bargain. And well, and that's how they do it. Is it fair against the guy who's working as a steel mill? No, but if you're a lion in the in the in the uh, jungle and a lion sinks his teeth into your neck, is that fair either? There is no fair in life, okay? It's a noble human concept. Ken, remind me how many you have to hit to get a 300. How many out of three how many? Three out of is it? 10. 
Three you out have of to 10. hit three out of 10. It's like being a weatherman, yes. right? Yeah. You have to get three days yeah. out of 10, right? <laughs> exactly. And you get paid. How do they exactly. make all these millions of dollars if they're only hitting three times out of 10? Try hitting it. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's all I'll tell you. Go to the plate and swing a bat. And if you can hit a 99-mile-an-hour fastball, you're going to make that kind of money. <laughs> and it's not like they're just pointing at weather maps. No, it is not. No, it is not. Here's, no, the, here's, not. The, here's, the, here's the thing, though, Ken, is that in America, you figure let's figure half of America are men. So that means right. that you have uh, 175 million potential replacement players. Yep. Because every one of us as a boy wanted to be a baseball player yep. someday. Absolutely. Every single one of us. So, I mean, there's a huge pool of talent you can you can draw from. And you could say, well, you know, not everyone can hit 300. Well, yeah, if I'm, you know, if, if I'm pitching, if I, the guy down the street is pitching to me, I can. <laughs> I have an idea. I have an idea for a show. Ken, you guys can host it, okay? It's America's Got Baseball. So you find people that are unknowns, and you put them in a baseball field, and you get judges, right, who know yep. baseball, and you just throw them, and the ones who get the the most hits, if they get more than 300, and I bet there are people out there who can that we just don't know about them, and then we just give them a spot on a team, and anybody who's asking for too much money, we fire them. Well, see, they, they already have that. It's called walking on to spring training. They do? You know, yes, you are, you are able as a invitee or as a phenom to get an invitation to go to spring training where you'll be judged by baseball scouts. Did mine get and, lost in the mail? I never got uh, the invitation. <laughs> well, I want to see it when you get it, okay? Because that I'll pay to see. I, I understand. You, I understand that Dobie Maxwell, a friend of the show, uh, actually got, a, got an invite one year. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And I was, I was actually, if it had not been for my father, I had a very good arm when I was a kid. And I was, uh, I had I still invitation. got one. <laughs> <laughs> well, congratulations. Damn I it. can't throw a I ball. Can't but... away. I can't <laughs> still... But I had a, a, a very good opportunity to be, to be scouted by the Mets in Philadelphia. Wow. You know, wow. It would have been exciting. I mean, it would have been exciting. to, And that's why I kind of, live vicariously through baseball players uh, because it's the shot I never took, and I've regretted it ever since. <laughs> My father, you know, wanted me to um, uh, go to college, which at the time players were not making the kinds of salaries they are now. It made sense at the time. Finish your education, and if you wanted to give it a shot, go for it. And if not, you blew your opportunity, and, and so uh this is one of the reasons that I live vicariously through these guys. So how happy was your dad when you became a comic? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny. My parents okay. were ecstatic. Oh, yeah, me, me too, Dale. Me too. I, and I, it was funny because I was a drummer in a very good rock and roll band. We were making money as kids. And I, and I came home one night and I said, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm going to um, quit the band. And I saw the color come back into my father's face. And I said, but I think I'm going into comedy. And then it drained right out. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought I'd hear him say, no, stay in music. You know, so. <laughs> I 
love what? hanging out with y'all. Y'all want to like play baseball and be in a band. I love men because yeah. they oh, are yeah. the same at 60 as they are at Oh, 20. sure. It never changed. You, you, you know, the first time I, I walk up that ramp uh, at, at, and I will never say what the name of the park is. To me, it's eternally <laughs> Comiskey Park. You know, the White Sox have, it's, uh, what what is it, Dale? It's uh, 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 Guaranteed Rate guaranteed Field. Guaranteed Rate, yes. With, with an arrow pointing down, down, which yes. subliminally, what is that doing to the squad? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I would love to have been in that meeting. You know, ignore the arrow. Um <laughs> So, yeah, it's a guaranteed rate field and guaranteed irate fans. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the South Side, awesome. ladies that and gentlemen. That is exactly right. I've got an idea for how they can fill the ballparks. How's that? Just upon what we've said, Tim said that everybody wants to play baseball when they're yeah. growing up. And yeah. at, every, uh, at every game, we tell the fans, bring your glove because we're going to have a drawing. <laughs> And one person is going to get a chance to play, maybe for just an inning or something, on this, in this game. I think they'd pack it. I think they would, too. And especially when the 96-year-old fan who has been coming since is now patrolling left field. Yeah, that would be – I'd pay to see that. I, I, would pay, I would pay to see that. Hi, it's Geritol Day at the ballpark. You know, know, it's like, oh, my God, you know. If you're happy and you know it, if you're mad, you know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, but, but, you know, you walk up the ramp that that first day of baseball, and, and it's your first game of the year. And, you know, to this day, I get I get goosebumps looking out on that field for the first time. There's just something the field of dreams uh, game in Iowa gave America that feeling again, where all of a sudden now you were that 10 year old kid again and you were exposed to this this great baseball field, this this field of dreams. I mean, appropriately named. I, I was lucky enough to broadcast a game with Johnny. Uh, Johnny Bench and I were uh, broadcasting a game, and I, I was able to, the night before, um, partake in the interview of 15 Hall of Famers. And, uh, yes, which included uh, Reggie Jackson, Pete Rose, uh, 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 Johnny Bench. And there's a great story with Pete Rose. So, so Pete comes out and every other word is the f-bomb okay f this and f that (laughs) and he looks at me during the course of the interview and he goes well there's no kids here and i go (laughs) and i I go pete you missed one there's a kid right in the front row and he goes oh i thought he was an effing midget and the I mean, it was it was just it was cla- it was classic. <laughs> I almost fell off my chair. I was laughing so hard. And you know, and and Johnny Bench was there, and um, uh, Wade Boggs, and I, I I felt like a five year old kid meeting these players. I I was saying to someone, God, Pete Rose was funny last night, and I hear a voice behind me. And the, the voice says, that's because you never had to face him. And I turn around, and it's Jim Palmer from the Orioles. Oh, and wow. I mean, it was wow. just, and then I spent the afternoon with Frank Thomas, who 
I don't care what you have heard about Frank Thomas. He is the most wonderful human being you will ever meet in your life. I heard I, the opposite. Yes, because yeah, when see? Frank Thomas. You see? <laughs> 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 Thomas. <laughs> All right, I'll see you guys. Oh, no. <laughs> Jeffy, I'm sorry, Ken. This is is that just to bring the clipboard? Good night, everybody. <laughs> this is so not my area of expertise. I apologize. Frank Thomas, <laughs> Frank Thomas was a probably the premier hitter of his generation with the Chicago White Sox. He was nicknamed by Hawk Harrelson the Big Hurt, and that's because he put a hurt on everyone he faced. Um, he had a on-base percentage second, uh, a third only to uh, uh, Babe Ruth and Ted Williams, and he never took or at least was never caught taking steroids, in, in which I told him when I met him, I said, you will be known as the premier player of your generation because while Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire and Rafael Palmero all took steroids, Frank Thomas never did, and I, I couldn't have slapped the smile off his face. He had a grin on him. Well, when I meet him in Iowa, he comes out, and I introduce him, and he goes, I know you. And I said, Frank, I only met you for 10 minutes last year. He goes, I remember you. And so we spent the entire afternoon together after the show. So what they did in Iowa is they had white guys dressed as White Sox players, and then the pro players were going to play. You got to have to pay a somebody game. a lot to put on that uniform. <laughs> Again, I'm bleeding from all four. But, but they had the the players come out of the corn, and the major league players were actually not dressed in any of their uniforms. They had their own uniforms, and I I make a joke because the uh, guys in Sox uniforms are actually rallying. They're 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 playing very well against the major league players and they're scoring runs. And I said, uh, as I'm announcing the game, I've seen more White Sox score in Iowa than I have seen in Chicago this year. <laughs> and, and with that, Frank Thomas turns to me and he points and he's laughing himself to death. And and so. And we got to know each other, and it was one of the thrills of my life. This guy is an awesome human being. And you told him no one, no one will cool ever too. forget your name. Everyone will always know you, who you are from here to eternity. Carolyn, I think we should. Re- I, I think we should take that background uh, away from you immediately. <laughs> it's Carolyn, okay. You know, it's be a the, baseball the, theme today, right? Hey, it, it, <laughs> yeah, I have a baseball theme happening. Hey, I go to one at least one Rockies game a year uh-huh. because the stadium is beautiful. Have you ever been? To Rocky Stadium in no, Denver? but I, I've heard it. I, I've yeah. heard it uh, was is beautiful. You have Dale. I have, yeah. Have yeah, you? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's right downtown. You can walk into it from any of the downtown restaurants and bars. It is. It's beautiful. It's clean. I mean, I yeah. grew up with. I grew up in Fenway. 
right? We yeah. used to do that once a year too. Yes. My dad would take us to a baseball game yes. and I would walk around and, you know, find the snacks. So it was, <laughs> it was important to me to go. <laughs> so I guess uh, uh, Bill James abstract is beyond your reach completely at this point. <laughs> <laughs> sabermetrics. I, Let's just throw out sabermetrics, was, see where that goes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> the only but, bad thing about the Denver ballpark is they just serve cores. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh man. Yeah, exactly. I'm a beer drinker, oh yeah. man. Yeah, that... hey. <laughs> well, I go back to the, the days of the original Comiskey Park when uh you had to have basically a armed guard going into that park and leaving because it was a not only a rough neighborhood, but Dale, you remember this. They, you know, they had the old Andy Frayne ushers there. Yes. And, uh, and when they played the Cubs one year, and I am not exaggerating this, I'm looking into right field and they have a brawl and it is taking up the entire upper deck, one section of people beating the living crap out of one another. And um, it, you would have thought you were at a black hockey, <laughs> but it wasn't, it, you know. And they, they take they take the Sox Cub rivalry incredibly seriously. In fact, at the beginning of the century, they had to uh, stop the White Sox from playing the Cubs because it was outdrawing the World Series. <laughs> and they didn't. And, and this is very true in the early days of baseball. They didn't want. It was making them look bad that Chicago was this. You know, in New York, if the Mets play the Yankees, it's intense, but but it's nowhere near as intense as it is in Chicago. Because there's a more ter- to do in New York. Um, <laughs> I, I, maybe, maybe, but it's a turf war here. It, you're it's just a, Ken. Turf. You're just assuming that that brawl in right field was uh, was Cubs versus Sox. <laughs> <laughs> I disagree. I think it was probably all Sox fans, and it could have been a good. Taste great versus less filling. <laughs> it might have been. I don't know. I'm, I'm just hypothesizing. That's all. Best, best White Sox game I ever went to is back when I used to be in advertising, and we get tickets all the time. Uh-huh. I got four tickets right behind home plate, and yeah. I had uh, two other friends that were going with me, and we decided beer was too expensive to buy at the ballpark. So we bought one of those little mini kegs at the time. This was yeah. back in the late 70s. <laughs> and we tried to get through the gate. They said, oh, no, no, you got to go around there. So anyway, we went around this side thing. Guys said, put it on the counter. And at that time, a whole bunch of other people were coming in. So <laughs> one guy with us picked it up off the counter, and we went to our seats. There so, you go. we got this mini keg sitting there. And Andy Frayne Usher says, you can't have that here. And I had four tickets. I said, here's his ticket. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then we started pouring beers for everybody up and down the road. We got on TV. Oh, did you really? That's awesome, man. That's funny. That is awesome. Well, now, I, I will say this, too, that uh, when the White Sox won in 2005, I was with Dale and his wonderful wife, Linda, and we were out at a bar on the south side, and we celebrated the White Sox winning the World Series. And it was all due to my wife, who was a, a self-proclaimed she, jinx. She, she went outside. In the oh, last of the night. She did. I remember that. I remember that. I remember that. Because, no, I'll only jinx them if I watch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they won it, and, and we did got a chance to celebrate. Did they send her a check? 
<laughs> no, they sent her a, a Ukrainian, but we had to send him back. <laughs> you should go get him now. Things are not good there. <laughs> but yeah, Dale and I got to celebrate that. I went to um, Game Two of the World Series when Paul Canerco hit the uh, Grand Slam, and um, the the way that game ended was phenomenal because Scott Pudsetnik, who they had acquired from Milwaukee that season from the Brewers. Um, hits a home run, had only hit one home run all year against Boston in the playoffs. And he delivers the game-winning home run against the Houston Astros and the White Sox go on to win game two. And I am I'm, staring at the ticket right now as I'm talking to you. It's on the flip side of this computer. Um, but uh, a, a, a more exciting game, uh, when Canerco hit the grand slam, I'm getting ready to take a picture and some iron worker behind me lifts me up. My my camera flies out of my hand, comes down and crashes onto the concrete. And I don't think I get the shot. And my cousin goes, wait a minute, I think I got it. And he gets the, the shot of the bat hitting the ball as Canerco's swinging oh, wow. through. And it it's 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 amazing. I have a room full of Sox memorabilia here. I have some of Nelson Fox's private property and other things. That so what was I, the iron worker doing to you? I don't, I don't exactly. He, he was just, the place was bedlam. It, it was when the ball went over the wall, usually you just see fans go up like this and they stand and they cheer. This was not that. This was people grabbing each other and hugging and jumping. And you looked down the, um, the aisle and you just see this with people, They're, the tops of their heads, they were going insane. My ears rang like I had tinnitus for like three or four days after that. I couldn't even lay my head on the pillow. It was so loud. And uh, it was it was um, a moment that you go, I, you know, I don't want to hear any bitching from Moses. 40 years in the desert isn't crap from what White Sox went through. <laughs> <laughs> 40 years in the desert come on give me a break pal you know we're talking 88 years of starvation here for uh, the chicago white Sox, and uh, we threw the world series in 1919 i think there was some cosmic payback there or something i was I gotta, at the uh, i was at the game when they won the pennant in los angeles yes i remember and you telling I, a friend of mine got tickets and i'm there and, and, and I, I, you know, I'm yelling for him, and for the White Sox, and, everything. and it was the uh, there's a guy sitting about two rows behind me, who's a big Angels fan, who just starts, you know, razzing me. Well, I've had a lot of time dealing with hecklers. So, <laughs> it, he said, "I gotta come over there and beat the hell out of you." And the guy sitting next to me goes, "I'm on leave from the Marines. I just wanted to see a baseball game. I'm here for you." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and we've had plenty of training as White Sox fan, Dale. You know, most people don't know that kind of suffering in a lifetime. And, uh, well, the married ones do. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? But, I mean, we've suffered. I have scars. This is 83. This is 2000. <laughs> this is, you know, if I go further up the line here, this is, you know. And, and so White Sox fans have known nothing but suffering their whole life. We always hear, you know, the suffering from Cub fans. 
but really we haven't uh, we don't have a stellar record in in the postseason uh, ever as well. So but your players are still getting played and paid a minimum of a million dollars. So sure. there's kind of an imbalance there. And the other thing that you said that I am kind of stuck on, you said that this guy who was doing the the that hit that home run yes. had not hit a home run the whole season how yes. many games do these people play and if you can't hit a whole run the About whole season you'd think they'd let you go well 162 and they bought scott Pitsednik on for uh speed and uh they have things called contact hitters where these are not home run hitters they're contact hitters there's guys who are so they sit next to somebody who hits and get a contact hit no Is that how no it works? No, they wrap fat in contact paper. That's right, exactly, exactly right. No, they, they're happy to get a single and a double, and those guys are as valuable to the team as the guys who hit home runs. Well, kids, I hate to tell you, but we are out of time. This uh, this podcast is just sped by, and we uh, we really enjoyed having Ken back with us, and uh, I wish you all the luck in the baseball season, and me too, because we're fans of the same team. Yes, we but, are. But... Uh, yeah, baseball is America's pastime. I'm glad it's going to come because you know the worst baseball game in the world is going to beat that Super Bowl halftime show. That's so. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm ready to see it. But and, and by the way, I learned something astounding. Snoop Doggy Dog is an is a huge hockey fan, and I never knew that. And I thought, oh, good for him. Well, there you go. He's changed his name now. He's just Snoop Dog. Yeah, dog. Snoop Dogg. That's yeah. right. Doggy's gone. No more doggy in the name. You know, Snoop Doggy Dog is here with the dog pound. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, my friends. Thank you for joining us, Carolyn. Any last words for our uh, for our listeners? Go Rockies. <laughs> <laughs> and I like when that's a question. You know. How about you, Tim? Uh, go Ukrainians. <laughs> Anywhere but Ukraine. Yes, go. And I'm going to tell you to go to DaleIrvin.com just to get more comedy on top of what we have here. <laughs> and I'm going to say, so long, everybody. <laughs> you can't. That's Harry Carey wishing us goodbye. And please go out and enjoy the day. Look forward to baseball because it is another day above ground. And that's it for another day above ground. For Dale, Tim, and Carolyn, I'm Farad Muhammad. Thanks for listening.